I do believe you will find this is more than true. Martin Van Buren and the Unwanted Package. I was at home and I was not thinking about either Martin Van Buren or the kangaroo. I had real-world problems on my mind. The kangaroo was famous for, among other things, having carved a phallic replica he called Mr. Pokey. He carved it from hardwood. Really bang-up job, intricate. You could see the veins. It stood at about eight and a half inches, which was awkward if you were trying to conceal it. He told everybody it was eight and a half inches, but it was really seven and five-eighths. Everybody knew. Man is the measurer of all things, and every one of them, when no one was looking, had measured the thing. Some of them, the ones who were not good at math, consulted each other's notes. That went just about as well as could be expected. Because of the whole issue about concealment, he eventually whittled it down to three and a one-fourth. It was never the same. But he made the bowl that held the weed, which was snuggled, nestled really, between the cock and the balls, bigger. And he tried to toke the disappointment away. He was not as popular after he carved the thing down. Who was to say what happened? Let history decide. As I said, I was not thinking about him. But when he hopped on over to my place, or rather was delivered by another, secure as if in their pouch, I ended up calling Martin Van Buren for help. Hey Martin, how's it hanging? And there was some small talk, not about Mr. Pokey. And then I said, hey Martin, I got the kangaroo over here. That's not really how it happened. I mean, that happened, and it happened an hour or so later, after I failed to dislodge the kangaroo from my own pouch. So when Martin said, fuck the kangaroo, I had to change my tactic. He was not the first person to say fuck the kangaroo that day, and I just wanted him to bounce. The kangaroo came with a military-issued shit bag, so named because it contained all his shit. Notably, Mr. Pokey. Nobody wanted to see that little thing. The kangaroo is running on empty. First thing he did was ask me to take him to a garden party. Said they could put him up there. So I put him in my car with his government-issued shit bag and we took off. But when we got there, people ran into the house. A woman came out holding a baby to prove she meant business. And she looked at me, nodded, and said hello, saying just that, hello, and my name, because she was polite. Then she looked at the kangaroo and said, you got a lot of nerve coming around here, motherfucker. And that's how I learned the backstory. Seems there had been a party the night previous, and the kangaroo had been present and drunk. He had also been feeding drinks to good old Charlie Brown. After he and good old Charlie Brown got real drunk, wasted, they had a fight over this and that, and the kangaroo 
who was an amateur boxer, had gone off and slugged good old Charlie Brown. I pieced this backstory together by listening to the things the woman with the baby was saying. First she came out of the house and she was not angry at me, rather she was angry at the kangaroo. Everybody today was angry at the kangaroo. And if they weren't angry at the kangaroo, they would be. Because the kangaroo had gotten his kicks and now the play was turnabout. And she came out and called him a motherfucker who shouldn't be showing his face around here again and how dare he. And she waved the baby at him like some sort of a voodoo ritual that you conduct when you're confronted with a motherfucker of his type. And she turned around to walk away with the baby when she turned back and said, Motherfucker, you hit good old Charlie Brown in the face. It wasn't a question, it was a statement. I took it as fact. Pegged her as an eyewitness. Her name was Peg, by the way. I tell you this, though you will literally never see her again in the story. But I am not a motherfucker. I was cleared once in a tribunal. By the way, good old Charlie Brown was, in the parlance of the day, special. That's why people were so angry. And that's how we ended up bounced back at my place, me and the kangaroo, who had little in common. So I called Martin Van Buren for help to dump something on someone else's doorstep. But then we would have a fabulous time. Oh, said Martin Van Buren, like the good time we had last week when we visited four fast food restaurants in a row, last one being a corporate burger joint, where we had each finished our fourth meal of the afternoon when you left to use the restroom. And the manager of the place, because it had just opened up, was talking to me about employment opportunities. When you came out and said, we had to leave. We had to leave, I said. Because you puked in the bathroom, he said. Yes, I said. All over the floor. You motherfucker, he said. I could have gotten that job. You didn't want that job, I said. And he knew it was true. Especially then. Because... He was going to have the nickname Puke Boy, and everything he did wrong, the manager was going to say he was raised in a vomitorium. And so we headed for the big city. We drove for 63 miles in silence. And when we got to the city, I hate to break this to you, nobody there wanted the kangaroo. And the kangaroo started pestering us right off to bring him back home. And I think you see where this is going. The kangaroo had no home, because the kangaroo was welcome nowhere. We considered ditching him there, but instead we drove back in silence for 63 miles. And I don't remember how we got rid of the kangaroo, but at some point he bounced. Meanwhile, Martin Van Buren became the president of these United States. But you know that. You know that story. That motherfucker. This has been a presentation of DavidRaffin.com, and you may go there to buy books, to give money and to just feel good about yourself.